Hi, this is Ellen. And this is Alex. And this is our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week, we are discussing Namesake by Adrian Young, which is the second book of the Fable duology or series. Um, so it is a young adult fantasy book that uh, the first one, Fable, was recognized by Reese Witherspoon's book club for mm-hmm. young adults. So, Hel- Hello, Sunshine? Yes. Ho- howdy, Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Something with Sunshine? Yes, yeah, so you know it's good when you get Reese Witherspoon's mm-hmm. um, sign of approval. So this second book, Namesake, pretty much starts off where we left off at the end of Fable. So... Mm-hmm. Which I was so glad about as a quick side note. Like, if I would have had to read a bunch of other stuff before finding out what was going on mm-hmm. with her, whew, that would have been bad. Right. So this book <laughs> takes us through, again, more adventures on the water, um, more fun times under the sea, dredging a lot of... Um, I guess intrigue. Yes, thank you. That mm-hmm. is a good word to use. A lot of intrigue as we try to figure out everyone's relationships to each other, everyone's like end goals and their tactics, you know, reasons. There were there were a lot of often I was asking myself like why is someone doing this? Like what is the reasoning behind it? So, um I'm sure we'll discuss that more in detail as we get into this episode uh just a reminder that we will be talking about this book in depth so if you haven't read it and you don't want any spoilers then uh pause here go read it um and then come back and join us probably also we'll just put a blanket spoiler alert for fable as well um although that won't be the primary part of our discussion i think inevitably we'll talk about a little bit about especially since like i said the the book starts off right where exactly where it ends off she was kidnapped by zola who is their nemesis and then you find out that her basically second father clove isn't actually dead and he's on zola's ship and yeah it's just so such and a then, great of course if you don't if you don't if you right oh so good but also if you don't mind um spoilers then you're welcome to join us at any point in time really right well i just already spoiled the end of fables well so. i know I figured it was That's okay a, because it was right after your your general yeah, spoiler. Yeah, I had already I had already mostly finished my spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, so in preparation for reading this book, because it's been a little while since we read Fable, I listened to our Fable episode, and I had some predictions that I was very proud of myself <laughs> after reading this book. Um, so I, we should talk about those at some point, but I just wanted to say I'm very proud of myself. (laughs) Yeah. I, I listened to the majority of it too. And I have to say our sound quality is so much better now. I know it's really nice having two microphones. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, we've upped our game a lot Mm -hmm. since then. We're just like superb podcast hosts now is what I've determined. (laughs) We're just perfect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely perfect. Exactly. I don't know where that accent came <laughs> I was from. just about to ask. <laughs> Shh, it's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, all right. Are you ready to get started? Yes. So, okay. let's start with favorite characters, Ellen. How I many? I only had one this time. Whoa. Wow. That's huge. I know. Like, I feel like I, we need to, like, mark this in our calendars and be like, you know, that... July 26th, <laughs> namesake, the first time that we've... That Ellen has ever had like, one favorite character. I don't know if that's actually no, super true. No, it might true. not be true, but it's it's been a long time. Like, I can't recall. Yeah. When you only had one favorite character. Yeah. I think it might have been... Girl of Paper and Fire, the first one. Mm. Girls of Paper and Fire. But I I could be wrong. Because um, I like to... I like, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> so. Uh, drum roll, please. My favorite character is 
fable. It should <laughs> probably be that much of a surprise. What? Um, I loved her in the first book, and I just continued loving her in this book. I liked mm-hmm. her, um, and I liked that. So I felt like the first book, she had a lot of character growth. And what I liked about this book is that while she still had character growth, it was much more subtle. And I really liked that mm, about mm-hmm. um, the growth in this for her. So, um, yeah, I agree yeah, with that. I just, I just adore her. So, plus, you know, like the last time, it doesn't hurt that she's a redhead. Mm, we got to stick together, mm-hmm. us redheads. Yeah, you, you so. don't have any preconceived <laughs> notions about redheads at all or anything or any emotional, no, we're perfect. Any emotional attachments, <laughs> nothing. No, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Except for that we're perfect. <laughs> How about you, Alex? So I would say similar to you, I would reiterate everything you said. Fable is my favorite character for all the Yay. reasons that... Is it still also because your best friend is a redhead? Yes, that's actually yeah. the primary reason <laughs> is... And Fable and I are so similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, With all my sailing knowledge. Yeah, and I liked that this time around she was questioning so many decisions that I think in the previous book she wouldn't have been questioning. She would have just done mm-hmm. like what needed to be done to survive, whereas mm-hmm. it seems like in this book... She's getting a more, I don't want to say, like, adult grasp, but maybe a slightly more mature understanding of how actions have consequences, not just for yourself, but for other people, and how her decisions impact others. And so she starts questioning, you know, especially West, in in terms Mm -hmm. of the decisions that they're making, um... And that was really great to see because I think that was one of the things that I was really struggling with in this book, just in, in general and trying to figure out how I felt about the whole concept of like doing anything for the people that you love. Right. And like, where's the line drawn and when, when does it not become okay to do things with that as the purpose behind it, right? Yeah. Um, which I don't know that I really got anywhere in that answer, so I would love to discuss that with you later after we get through our favorites. Um, but, yeah, that was that was definitely something that I waffled with in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. Yeah. So, did you only have one favorite part then, too? Well, no. So I, similar to the first time, my favorite part was sort of that uh, a, a theme of parts. Mm-hmm. So yes, it happened more than once, but it's like all encompassing. Right, right. So, okay. so maybe we can call it one favorite part in a very loose, loose sense of <laughs> yeah. the word. Um, and again, it was any time that she was dredging. Like, I just, there's something so magical, I think, in the way that Adrian Young writes it. Um, and it just, despite the fact, like we talked about in the Fable episode, that it freaks me out beyond belief about, like, being in the middle of the ocean uh-huh. and, like, <laughs> and all of that stuff. Um, and again, like we talked about in the last episode, it, um, it, uh, it, that all seems to fade away when I read books about um the ocean or watch movies about it like Mm -hmm. i think i can just get wrapped up enough in the storyline and um so i would say all the times that she's dredging for all the same reasons that i loved it the last time it's just beautifully written it seems so peaceful and serene and i will say that the only one that we can leave out of there is when they were doing it in the storm because that was literally my worst nightmare (laughs) i was just about to ask you if you had trouble like when they were trying to get in the skiff and like, no, like they I literally got obliterated by a wave. And... No, I know. I was like, I was like, this is literally my worst nightmare. Like, I was 
so I was it was so uncomfortable. And so I guess you could say all the times they were dredging minus one. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> That's Ugh. fair. Um so I seem to recall that we had a lot of similar opinions about the previous book. I think there were a lot of times when you were just like twinsies in our last episode. Yes. Um, and it kind of applies to this too because those were also my favorite parts. Oh my god, twins! <laughs> <laughs> like literally everything you said is so spot on. Um, I mean, I know part of it is actually magical because the gem sage is like the only aspect of like true magic in these books so there's yeah that but i'm talking more magical in the sense of like you said like how it was written and described yeah and um it just seems so cool like it just seems like it'd be so peaceful uh down there yeah you know yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so i agree Good job picking. Hey, thanks. <laughs> so you've got really good taste in favorite parts. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I always have really good taste. Not true, but that's okay. Um, what about your favorite quotes? What happened? I had with that? three. Okay, okay, that's not too bad. I know, right? Not too bad. Um, I think I probably would have had more, but I was very wrapped up in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Sometimes I would like think like, oh, that's nice, and then I'd be like, nope, <laughs> nope. I noted it in my head, but that's as far as it's going. So right. too bad we are not going to talk about it on the podcast. Okay, keep reading. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so my first one comes when um, Fable is talking to Holland about Isolde, mm-hmm. and it starts with um, Holland saying something to her and then Fable has sort of a reaction to it in her own head that she doesn't say out loud. Mm. So the quote is, um, she was always, always restless. I don't think there was anything in this world that could calm the sea inside of her, but I knew that wasn't true. The as old I had known had been steady made of deep waters. And I, so that was the quote. Mm -hmm. And I just, for just the sheer beauty of the sentences, like, you know, of course we know this from the last book and in this book too, there's so many, like the sea is so prevalent Mm -hmm. in all of her descriptions and all of her, um, but like, I loved the juxtaposition of like Holland having one view of Isolde, right? As the mother to the child, Mm -hmm. Versus Fable having a view of Isolde as being the child, right? And, right. like, and they saw very different parts of, of Isolde, right? So, like, I think that the thing is, it's not that it wasn't true, like Fable thinks, but it's just, she could be both, yes. right? Like, just like the sea can be both. Mm-hmm. Like, but the thing right. is, is, like, Isolde wasn't... Faceted. Right, but Isolde wasn't happy in Bastion. So, of course, she's going to be restless and um, wild and and not wanting to be there. But then once she's out at sea, that's when she was the happiest. So, of course, she's going to be more calm and serene. And mm-hmm. um, But I just especially loved um, the, the part where it was she had been steady, made of deep waters. Yeah, and I was just like, ooh. I know. I find it interesting because I I feel like that's kind of like one of my quote categories of like the way things are written in a really cool mm-hmm. way. Um, so I'm glad you you also enjoyed that quote. <laughs> um, so then my next two quotes are like basically right at the end. Um, okay. And actually, one is one is literally right at the end. <laughs> Um, so my next one is she and West have um, gone back to Fables Scary and they have mm-hmm. come upon all of this midnight that's in there. And just sort of the description of them finding it, again, it was just 
but it was also such relief to me like that they had found it because when they went there the first time and she's like there's nothing there I even made a note and I was like I feel like you're missing something yes like yes but I like I couldn't I didn't understand until it was fully revealed like I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what it was that she Mm. was missing, but I knew that she had been right to go there because that's her namesake, right? Uh And the name of the book is name, right? Like, I just, I knew that, I just didn't know, I knew that there was the chunk missing. (laughs) I just didn't know what the chunk was. Mm -hmm. Um, So my favorite quote goes, um, I got to my feet. The cave was silent except for the sound of water dripping from my fingertips and hitting the stone. And I froze when a glint of something blinked in the darkness. I waited, staring into the emptiness until I saw it again. A flash, like the sweep of a lighthouse. I took a step toward it, reaching out before me. My hands drifted through the diffused moonlight until I found the wall, and I felt up its face until my fingertips caught the sharp, glassy points of something hidden in the shadows. The vibration of the gemstone cursed through me. Midnight. And I was like, huh? <laughs> and so um, I was just like, yay, you did it. Um, and then I was also a little bit happy that I had been right, that they mm-hmm. had missed, she had missed something. Right. Um, and then my last hero quote is the last couple paragraphs of the book <laughs> this um, is one of so, your, your well the other quote that you just wrote was also long um yeah but that's why i only have three <laughs> um but that's not too long this one is just because the last two paragraphs of the books are like a line each so oh, it's okay technically the last three paragraphs mm-hmm. but it's really like a paragraph in two lines okay um and so they have made they started doing business on their own. Javal has sort of turned into this port that they were planning on. It looks like Koi is kind of running the port. It looks like Willa is at least living on Javal. Maybe like, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe with Koi. But he has a family. Cuz they mentioned at some point in here Fable was talking about um him having to get back to Javal cuz he had a family. But I guess I assumed that that meant like a, a partner and children, no, but I guess I, it could just mean... I didn't think it was that way. I thought it was, like, he had, like, brothers and, mm. like, extended family to care for, and that Got he it. was the main, like, breadwinner, not that he had Got a partner it. and his own kids. Okay. Otherwise, why would, why would there be that, like, undercurrent between him and Willa, you know? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you just thought that he was gonna have multiple partners or just... You know, cheat on or his that, wife like, or whatever with Willa. No, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. I just didn't think too much about it. Okay. <laughs> I was a little bit too much wrapped up in all the other stuff. That yeah, I mean, it is on. possible that she's just there and it's a great, like, place for her to set up, like, her own business. Um, yeah. And that there isn't anything between her and Koi, but I don't know. I guess well, maybe I was reading a little bit too much into the possible potential for romance between the two. Yeah, because I don't think I picked up on it being, like, romantic undercurrent, but just, like, friendshipy. Hmm. Okay. But, you know, sometimes the a good uh, start for a relationship is friendship. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're – let's go with we're both right. I like it. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> so anyways, um, it's just sort of the end here. And, you know, she's talked – like, sort of been thinking about that they don't – trade in gems at least yet and mm-hmm. the only stuff that they tr- trade on is stuff that's made by people in the narrows and um so my favorite quote is when i turned to look at west that same starlight glinted in his eyes i found his hand and held it to my cheek remembering the first time i'd seen him on the docks the first time i'd seen him smile the first time i'd seen his darkness and every time he'd seen mine we were salt and sand and sea and storm we were made in the narrows. And I just thought it was beautiful. And I got a little teary-eyed. One, because it was beautiful. And two, because the book is done. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just loved... I just loved it. <laughs> so, I thought it was those a, are my yeah, quotes. I thought it was a great way to end the book, too. Like, it was a very... 
um, great way to like tie up all the loose ends mm-hmm. and just like end on a very like well written group of like paragraphs and stuff like that too. And and they were not on the boat together, Willa and West, but clearly they're still seeing each other. <laughs> and that just makes my heart so happy. <laughs> Cause you know me, I don't I don't like mm-hmm. it if they can't see each other for whatever reason. So of course the ideal thing would be them just being together all the time. Right. Um but this is a this is a acceptable okay an acceptable <laughs> alternative for you alternative. a very acceptable alternative oh um, that's great how many favorite quotes did you have so i didn't have any favorite quotes this time around because um, you hated it just kidding no i'm attributing <laughs> that to the fact that for a lot of the book I was reading it when I had a migraine, so, Mm. like, I wasn't fully with it a lot of the time that I was reading it, but it was really great. I like your dedication, though, to still be reading it when you have a migraine. It was more that, like, the way that I'm treating migraines now is just trying to, like, ride them out. And um, I have the physical copy of the book. So, like, screens are typically harder for me. So it was good to have, like, something to just, if I can speak, something to distract myself (laughs) from the pain, but also not making it worse by, like, looking at a screen or, you know, doing other things. So it was actually, like, great that I had that. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I definitely don't think I picked up on as much because I was like I get you know not feeling well and didn't take as many notes and you know didn't note favorite quotes so um sorry for possibly <laughs> not having as much to contribute this podcast because okay. I um yeah because that's the state that I was in when I was reading a lot of the books so. I don't have a ton of notes either mostly because I was so wrapped up in the story so mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be a short and sweet one. Well, I mean, the book is also short, Shy easy of 400 read. pages. Yeah. yeah. Very, like, I think I said this in the about the last book, that it's definitely a young adult book in terms yeah. of, like, the level of writing, um, the age of the characters, the length of the book, you know, the... Yeah. Um, but it was kind of, I mean, not that I haven't enjoyed all of the books that we've read so far for this podcast, but, like, we've just come off of, yes, young adult books, but, like, slightly older young adult mm-hmm. books. So they've been longer. They've been very intricate. They've been emotionally <laughs> exhausting. Like, they've been emotionally <laughs> exhausting. So it was really nice. Like, I, not to say that there wasn't, like, moments where I was terrified about what was going to happen next and, like, mm-hmm. if somebody was going to die. But it was very nice to just have, like, a, just, like, a fun, mm-hmm. easy read. Yeah. Absolutely. It was, like, a fun adventure to be along on the ride for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So... Like I was saying, I had some predictions and or thoughts in the last episode mm-hmm. that as I listened to the episode, I tried to sort of note so I could see as I read, because I listened to the episode before I read the book, because mm-hmm. I wanted to refresh sort of what had happened right. um, in the first book. And so I had some, some of the predictions I had was, is Fable's mom really dead? Is Holland is old? Um, is Clove or Zola Fable's real dad? Is Clove working undercover? And then, of course, my most important one that happened in my that popped into my head um, at the end of the book after she'd been kidnapped was: Will West get his ring back? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, of course, some of these I was not correct at. Mm-hmm. Right? Is old is really dead? Holland is not as old, but I was close because she's related to Holland. Yeah, um, I was thinking that she was the grandmother. Um, I don't know if I remember 
like if I actually said that out loud, but that was definitely yeah. one of the the possible situations that I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, and then I was, of course, right about Clove working undercover. Um, and then I was, of course, incorrect about Clovers. Because the, so what I sort of realized about the Clove or Zola being her real dad versus the undercover is that those were, those were mutually exclusive. So if one was going to be right, then the other one, of course, wouldn't mm, be right. Mm-hmm. Because it was going to be, if Clove wasn't working undercover... Then my prediction was the rift between him and Saint was like Saint found out that Clove was really oh, her dad. But if Clove but if Clove was working undercover, then of course he wouldn't be his real dad or her real dad. So um I was kind of close on Is Holland is old. I was spot on with Clove working undercover. Wes did West did, well, not even really get his ring back, but he knows where the ring mm-hmm. is because I think she still has it. Yes. But close enough to he knows that it's safe and with someone that he loves. Mm-hmm. So, um, whew. <laughs> <laughs> what about this book? Did I, I found it a lot harder in this book to be able to make predictions or like understand what was happening or even the yeah, potential I think this for one was, what was happening. Did the, you find that? To be a similar yeah, problem. it's the intrigue in this one. It was a, it was thicker. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, what happened was, is I thought I was following along pretty well. Okay. Until the end, when, um, he. When all of a sudden Fable's like, oh, good, Saint got my message. And I was like, <laughs> when? I was like, what? what? Did I miss the whole part? Like, did I miss a chapter? Did I miss a few pages? And then, like, even Saint, or Saint, not, uh, even West was like, oh, good, he got your message. Oh, great. And then like, everybody else. And then I realized that, of course, it happened off the pages. Yeah, because wasn't it that they sent Clove to tell Saint that they needed well, the right. ring and that was the message? Right, but then I was like, I was like, um, them more in, like, talking more in depth about it, like, they were, now we were getting more clued in on what the message was, and I was so confused, like, I was like, what? Because, <laughs> like, I knew that, but in my head, like, she literally sent Clove and was like, have him, have Saint here at this time. Like, in my head, that's. Which, of course, is ridiculous, because, of course, there's going to be more to the message than that. Mm -hmm. But, like, in my head, that's all she sent him to tell him. So then all of a sudden, he's doing all of this stuff. And I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that part for me was out of the blue. I think I, I followed along with... Like them needing Saint to get the the merchant ring, um, yep. be included in part of their scheme, but for me, I think I really struggled with some of like the interplay between Holland and Fable, and like mm-hmm. some of their back and forth, and like not fully understanding some of like the undercurrents mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and then also totally did not see the ending. Well, I did in terms of, like, hoping that they would take down Holland, but in the way that they took her down, I didn't mm-hmm. suspect it at all. Yeah. Um, like, accusing her of faking gems. And clearly Fable didn't see it coming either, right? Like, Well, no, she did because that was her, her plan was to commission Ezra to, instead of putting real gems in Holland's gift, to put fake gems in there. Oh, shit. Of course it was. <laughs> she just didn't see um, the, second, the other him aspect him making her, of... Yeah. Shit. Of Saint saying that Holland killed Zola. Like that, she didn't anticipate him using right. that. Or as him like claiming a, or claiming yes. him her as her his daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um 
See, this is just yet another reason why Ellen is not good at political intrigue. Because sometimes, even when it's laid out for you on the pages, she's so wrapped up in everything that she's like, Wow, it's happening! (laughs) I like to just say that I'm... Let's just call it that I'm just too trusting. Like, I just... (laughs) Yeah, I... I think that's one of the things that I've realized in doing a lot more reading the past couple of years um, and expanding my reading into some different genres in, like, getting to see, like, different personalities and how people think. And some of it's just so mind-boggling to me because, like, like you said, you're really trusting. I think I am too. And so like the way yeah. that we think and process and like understand the world is so different from so, bad. so many other people that like sometimes it's just so hard to relate to a character to even like grasp that this is the way that someone can think because right. it's just so foreign. Um, but that's yeah. also what makes reading so interesting because Mm -hmm. you get so much more insight into humanity in a different way than you do like interacting person to person right absolutely um yeah yeah Yeah, I I guess I'm just I'm just I call it being naive call it whatever but like I like to hope that for the most part, people are who they <laughs> say they are. Or they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. Now, of course, have I had many instances where that hasn't been the case? Yes. But apparently I still like to cling <laughs> to that hope and that idea. Yeah, that's interesting because this book, I would think, is not like that at all. Like the characters yeah. are not. Well, it's interesting. So this book, this book was also though, like, even though I could see what some of them were saying, I was also able to be like, okay, but that's not really what's going on here. Mm, Like, mm -hmm. like, it was very clear to me very early in this book that yes, Clove was most likely undercover. And of course, like, because like, him seemingly caring for her in different ways, you know, like, um, him actually being concerned about like who did it to her. Clearly, him killing Ryland right. for trying to kill her. Like these things, I was like, okay, so yeah, he's still he's undercover. And then of course it was confirmed, and I was like, yes, right. <laughs> um, but even like coy right like very quickly i realized that there was more to coy than we saw mm-hmm. and of course we didn't see him for very long but more that we saw in the first book um and so i even have a, a had a point where i was like so something is happening here like of course coy is the one who saved her because there were two people down there with her one of them tried to kill her he's probably not going to be the one <laughs> Right? To, to then also save her. I mean, um, I don't know. Maybe there were some sharks down there with some really sharp teeth that just came along and took a bite out of the rope. You never know. You're so right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was definitely. I think that's a super extra... feasible possibility. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. It's definitely, definitely. The really extra sharp teethed Mm -hmm. sharks. You're right. I'm so sorry. I don't Um, know why you ever doubt me. So, of course, like, even when he kept saying, like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, I was like, of course it was you, Koi. Like, you're not fooling anybody. And I was really excited because I was like, something's happening here. And I knew it wasn't going to be romantic because I was, like, I was so firmly in West and and Fable. And plus I assumed Koi had a wife or husband or what some sort of romantic family which is probably just an assumption that I made um (laughs) but I was like they're gonna be like friends or comrades or both by the end of all of this Mm -hmm. like um like they're gonna come to this mutual understanding and they did and I loved that like I liked the coming together of Mm -hmm. the two of them um yeah speaking of Fable and West. 
I had a lot of mixed feelings about their relationship in this. I book. did too. Like I it felt a little toxic. Yes, at a lot of points. Yes, like, and I yeah. especially there were a couple times where both of them hated that they loved each other. Yeah, and I was just like. It just like stabbed me in the heart. I was like, "What? <laughs> what is this? Can't be love. Oh, this is terrible." Well, we've learned in other books, Alex, that sometimes love is a poison, right? Like, I know. But it's it does look like in it, it, it did seem to have worked itself out by the end of this one. Yes, thankfully. it did. But at the same time, hmm. I guess I was, I'm questioning whether their relationship will continue to have some of those, like, toxic elements to it. But now I'm thinking maybe not because they're not going to have to make those decisions um, that they did they that fu- put them in, like, those positions that yeah. um, were problematic. And I think they've, they've, they, mostly West, but they have finally shared actually shared all of the you know like there isn't anything left about either of their pasts that they aren't talking of mm-hmm. that they haven't talked about you know yeah um did speaking of that though did you see it coming that he would sign the contract for her no nope. me neither nope i was so taken aback like of course you're on alert when she walks into his cabin and there's the three of them arguing and yeah. as soon as she walks in they all like become silent and don't tell her anything and she's like something's fishy here but it doesn't seem like they're gonna tell me so uh whatever and you're like why would you just like leave that like come on there's too much at stake for you to be like oh he'll tell me when he wants to tell me like no but I didn't I didn't so anticipate funny. what he was up to at all yeah, no, I mean, I, of course, knew that mm-hmm. they were up to something, yeah. but that was not anywhere on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. And can I tell you, though, so I was shocked, but then I, of course, was also like, of course he did. And then I was so mad at Fable when she was like, fine, then I'll sign a contract, too. And I was like, God. I was like, okay, so <laughs> I was a little confused by that. I don't know if you can, if what you understood from it. So were they then both contracted to Holland? And not only were they both now contracted, but also now the Marigold was contracted. Okay, so it wasn't like she signed it to then get him out of it. No, she was like, well, okay, then you're going to own both of us because it's all or nothing. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I was like, you dumbass. Yeah, now you're giving yourself no leverage. Like, I I was like, you expected West to live two years without you because you were going to make that dumb sacrifice. And now that he made the dumb sacrifice, you're like, actually, I'm not going to hold myself to the same standards that I was holding you to. And now I'm going to doom the rest of the crew if they decide to stay on the Marigold to also do it. I was like, girl! (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not the smartest decision you've ever made in your lifetime here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but I guess that's another thing that love and just any, love. any emotions do is they're not yeah. rational and they tend to um, especially kind when of they're new. put a haze over rational thought, right? Yeah. That's very true. Okay, as a quick side note... Mm-hmm. At the beginning of this book, she was think she being Fable, was, like, thinking about being on Javal or something like that. And she's like, and only a couple weeks ago, I would have been there. And I was like, it's only been a couple of weeks? Like, what? No. Yeah. Like, at the beginning of the book, she was talking about how, and then I was like, I guess that's kind of true, right? Like, because apparently they're sailing to these islands in, like, a day and like sometimes like a day or two, so I'm like, yeah. So clearly, they're. I was they're, really confused because yes. I in the last book it seemed like it took so much. It was longer. like weeks, right, right, right. And I'm like, so one of two things is happening here. One, I we just had a misconception of how far away they were, or two, 
they had some sort of earthquake issue and all of the islands like a whole seismic the whole world mm-hmm. had an earthquake mm-hmm. and all the islands just got closer together. <laughs> I think that's the obvious answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. But yeah, because she was like, only a couple weeks ago I would have been, and I was like, so clear. Like, this is a pattern though too. Like, there's been multiple books or series that we've read that I've been shocked at how short this time frame has been. And mm-hmm. I'm like... Am I just really bad at judging time frames? Like, and clearly it has to be me, right? I don't like, know, because to... I had the same reaction in this book, too. Okay. That it seemed like all of their they traveling. They were getting places faster? Yeah, it was way faster than the last book. Um, Maybe it's the new sales that they got in the <laughs> second. Somehow the sales are faster. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Either that or, like, the way it was written this time, they spelled it out more explicitly in right. terms of, like, what the time actually looked like versus in the last yeah. one it wasn't. And so our thoughts immediately went to, oh, this is taking longer than it actually is. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I also had that same problem. Um, yeah. Where the time okay, good. didn't make sense. <laughs> so, I'm not al- so I'm not alone. Okay, mm-hmm. so can I just say, though, was I... Was I? No, that's not what I'm trying to say. Okay, so I had built up this this theory in my head so much that I was a little sad when Fable's mom wasn't actually alive someplace. Mm-hmm. Like, because I was so excited for this to be like a a reunion and like and then when they went she went to fable scary and then she like could feel her mom there i was like she's there somehow she got from wherever the shipwreck was which was apparently only a day away (laughs) (laughs) right and and she just decided to leave her husband and her child and is just hanging out here at this lighthouse on her own just chilling you know (laughs) I know. That part I didn't figure, I couldn't, I didn't work around why she hadn't reached out to them yet, but there was a good reason for mm. it. I just didn't know what okay. it was. Okay. Um, and I was just so, like, I just built it up so much that I was like, oh. and I was like, of course she's not alive, because that, of course, makes sense, especially after finding out that Holland wasn't her mom, it was her grand, like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, all of that, it makes perfect sense for the actual storyline, but I had built up this theory in my head so much that I was like, poop (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair um i don't think i was as invested in it because yeah it didn't make as much sense to me but you you had still planted the seed enough that there were a couple times especially when she's first at fable scary and she thinks not only that she feels her mother but like she saw the red hair for a second yeah that i was like what and when, when that happened, when that happened, I did have a split second where I was like, Fable, was it just your hair? Like, did your hair just like fly in front of your face? And then you were like, Mom! And then, but it was you. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that, but that would be hilarious if that was what happened. <laughs> um, or like she had been walking someplace and like some of her hair got snagged and then she like did a circle and then she saw just her own. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. Um, so, yeah, so it's literally only my own fault for feeling disappointed because I built up this whole secondary storyline in my head. That you did. Um, so it's nothing about the book. It's just I decided something that mm-hmm. I have no control over. Yeah. Um. S- speaking of, um... Holland not being who you anticipated because you had been hoping that she and Isold were one and the same. Um, And I didn't think that, but one thing that I realized I made an assumption about was because Holland was basically portrayed as like ruling the gem trade, right? Like she had a monopoly over it and had so much power and influence 
and I was that she was the Jebusite. Yes, and I thought that mm-hmm. she was related to Fable. That I I assumed that she was also a gem sage, and not that yeah. Isolde and Fable got it from her husband um, or baby daddy. I guess we don't know if they were married or not. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Another assumption I made. Because um, like Fable's yeah. parents, like were they married mm-hmm. or were they just mm-hmm. procreating? You know. Yeah, I was very shocked by that, but then also was kind of confused by, like, if there were actually any other gem sages that existed, or, like, how rare were they towards the end of the book when they're talking about kind of, like, the history of the gem trade and... Like, how Fable didn't want to reveal that she was a gem sage because, like, it wasn't safe and everything that... And, oh, and that um, Holland couldn't find the Midnight because she didn't have any gem sages working for her. And I was like, wait, if she is basically the leader of the gem trade of the entirety of the Narrows and Bastion how can she not have a gem sage? Yeah. So I kind of had that thought too, but I think it is, I think they're very rare, first of all. And like, it's probably a genetic thing. So, or not even probably, it clearly is a genetic Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And, um, but what I also know is that, because they talked about it a little bit in the first book, right? When she, when we, we finally come to realize that she is, in fact, she does have magic, and it's not just a wasn't just a poetic way of writing about the stones. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's even like West, who's like, "Whoa, you have to be way more careful about that." Like people kill people for that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because people like the Roths, not maybe specifically the Roths, but other people who are trying to create fake gems. Mm-hmm don't want people who can intrinsically know if they're fake or not. Right. So even if even if it's not as as uncommon as they seem to think it is in the world, nobody in their right mind is going to be jumping up and down being like, "Hey, <laughs> I am a gem sage if there are people out there like killing them mm-hmm. or whatnot, you know." Right. Yeah, that's fair. That was my sort of thought about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I guess that that's fair. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. I agree with that. Um, so I have, a, I have a question for you. Okay. So when we're reading the book, right, she's on Zola's ship mm-hmm. at the beginning. And Zola's like, don't worry. I told everybody not to hurt you. Like, did you – because I was for sure like, oh, uh-huh, sure. That's going to hold up just fine. Like, I knew someone was going to attack her. I knew it was probably going to be one of the two dredgers once – she was leading all the dredging and like all the Javali dredgers were there too. So I knew it was probably going to be one of the two of them. Did you also think that inevitably someone was going to attack her? Oh yeah. I was honestly so surprised that it took that long. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Um, Yeah. Especially when he was like, especially when he was like, go sleep with the crew. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Recipe for disaster. (laughs) That and when she hurt one of the crew, and he didn't mm-hmm. do it. Like, there weren't any repercussions. Right. Um, yeah, when she broke, what was her name? Kala? Yeah, Kala. her wrist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, yeah, you just set yourself up for <laughs> even more dangerous possibilities than you were already yeah. facing. For sure. I know. I was like, okay, Zola, sure. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna hurt her because you said don't do it. Like, right. even though you're in charge of the ship and, like, your word is supposed to be law. Like, we all know that that's not actually how that's going to go right. down. You know? Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely. Like, nice try, yeah. sir. Yeah. I could not figure him out for the longest time. Well, basically until it was spelled out for me. Like, why he Zola? was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you had more of a sense of him. No, I couldn't really figure him out either. Mm-hmm. Like, I um, I had a moment where I was like, maybe he's taking her to Holland because he knows she's a gem sage. And so he can, like, barter 
for more trading or money or mm-hmm. like that's what that's the angle that I thought he was going for. But then there's the part where she was um spying on him and Clove um and they're talking about Holland and they're like and they confirm that Holland is definitely a female. Like cuz I know in the first book there was like a little bit of like is she a mm-hmm. female is you know, male, whatever. So they confirm it's definitely female. So then at first split second, I was like, it is her mom. And then I think it's Clove. And he's like, does, um, like, if we bring her something fake, she'll definitely know. And then I was like, it's definitely as old. Mm. Because I was like, she's a gem's age. (laughs) Like, right. Um, And so then um, it... Um, so like then I was even more like I can't quite figure out <laughs> what the hell Zola's doing right <laughs> like I'm like is he doing it just to piss up piss <laughs> I can't even talk just to piss off Saint mm-hmm. like I was like I don't know what your motives are yeah. did you see his death coming no Mm-mm. no me neither it was just I think because it was so casual it was like, yeah. oh, okay, take him away. Oh, there's blood on the floor. Okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was so sudden, and it was just so... Yeah, I did not see that coming at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I mean, there was a lot in this book that I didn't see coming um, or couldn't yeah. figure out. Honestly, it for me, it was almost more frustrating than like anticipatory in a good way because you know how sometimes like or I guess I think for me a lot of times when there's intrigue in a book and there's plot twists and you're trying to figure out motives and what's happening it keeps you more engaged in the book and you're like excited to turn to the next page because you really want to figure out what's going on in this book I kind of didn't have that sense for me that happened occasionally, but I ended up falling more into the category of just being, like, super frustrated um, <laughs> instead of anticipating what was happening next. Okay. Um, I don't think I felt frustrated in it. But I also know that sometimes I enjoy that intrigue and that suspense more than you do. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I just need to know books. what's happening already. Yeah. Um, yeah, my patience level so- is a little, <laughs> a little lower. Yeah. So, but I can understand it. Like, mm-hmm. I can understand why someone, you, would be frustrated mm-hmm. with it. Um, this book was a lot of what is going on. I think I have like four separate notes where it's just like, what's happening? Right. (laughs) Like I just can't, I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, so, um, going back to when Clove killed, uh, what was his name? Ryland. Mm Um, I, that was one of the points where I was like, what is happening? So I was like, so either there's a few things that could be going on here, right? Either he's definitely undercover and he's, mm-hmm. and of course only an idiot probably wouldn't know that Ryland tried to kill her. Right. Right. And so he's taking revenge. Two, Koi did end up telling him what happened. Mm. Or three, he was working for he's actually working for Zola and Zola also knew, but Zola needed her more than he needed Ryland. Mm-hmm. So he sent Clove to kill him. Right? right. And so I was like, those seem to be the three options. Did you have one that you were leaning more towards versus the other ones? Or did those three pop into your head? Did you have um, other things that popped into your head? I'm trying to remember because yeah, that's kind of what I had thought. Those were the possibilities that I was thinking through as well. Um, I think one other... I think the possibility that popped into my head in addition to those was that Clove was indeed working for Zola, but he still was trying to protect 
fable mm. because yeah. of their past relationship. Got it. And so that was his motivation. Like he mm. was still working for Zola, still, but still cared about her enough to right. want to protect her. Got it. So is that what you probably were leaning most towards? Is that yeah. he was? Yeah. So okay. not that Zola told him to, not that Koi let the information slip or that Clove was undercover. I don't think I had determined yet that he was undercover. It was more like he still cares about her, but he's working for Zola. Yeah. What about you? The only reason that, so I was mostly leaning towards undercover, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. like I was, I was pretty certain. But then of course I was like, even though I feel pretty certain about this, like maybe that's what she's wanting us to think, right? And then we'll find out mm-hmm. that he, mm-hmm. you know, that there'll be this big reveal. Um, and then of course we finally get the reveal when they're, on whatever island that they're on, and he leads her into, like, an alley, and then he's finally like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, and I, like, totally cried. Like, I was Aww. like, because oh, I, I was so glad that he was. Like, for her sake, that I, I was so glad that he was on her side and he was there protecting her and that he wasn't just protecting her because Zola needed him to, you know, mm-hmm. like, I was I was glad that, she wasn't alone, kind of, or mostly alone on that ship. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of being alone on the ship, were you nervous at all when she, it appeared that she and Koi were at least getting along? Nervous why? Like, because of his whole, like, the next time I see you, I'm going to kill you and sink your bones into the water. And Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Like, <laughs> like that fish he was just... On- um, biding his yeah, time. Yeah, biding his time, uh, getting through her defenses kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, totally, yeah. I yeah. I was definitely nervous about that. Um, I felt that way until he saved her. And then I was like, okay, there's actually mm-hmm, friendship. Yeah, well, I think it was the combination of, like, saving her and then vehemently denying it. Yeah, It was like that combination was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, there's there's more here than right. Right, yeah. he's like, why would I save you? That's ridiculous. And you're like, and we're all like, okay, no. we see through you. <laughs> yeah, I loved that he kept insisting that she was Javali, even when she was like, I'm not. And he's like, hey. <laughs> I loved the whole part where he was like, if you've ever fallen asleep on that island, not sure that you're going to wake up the next morning, then you're one of us. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, she's got people. Yeah. But then at the same time, thinking about that, why would Willa want to live there? Because I think of the, because I think, especially after they, they overthrew Holland and they actually were making like this whole area a trade route. They were he she understood that Koi and, and Fable were right that Javal was going to be the next big port. That it and, completely and, changes the culture and the, the way yeah. that people survive there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if she could get in on the ground floor of it, mm-hmm. then she could really maybe make a name for herself there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, so, one of the things that I mentioned early on was just my, like, moral struggle in general. Oh, with, sure. Yeah, yeah, with the concept of, like, doing what needed to be done to protect those that you love. Um, and, like, where's the line? Because... I understand, like, protecting your family and even, like, killing for them to protect them. But it seems like all of these people were doing terrible things to protect their families or support their families or do all that stuff, right? Um, And when does that just make them bad people instead of good people who are doing bad things to protect Yeah their families like i I think it also depends on what world you're living in right like if they're doing that in our world then they've already stepped past you know good people you know like 
because, you know, burning ships and murdering people and, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that's not, even if you're doing it for good reasons or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's still not okay. But in this, in this, in their world where everyone's a little cutthroat, you know, like you've, that morality shifts a little bit, you know, so mm-hmm. like, um, I always find that really interesting about reading just in general, right? It's like, it can be really hard to read books, especially like fantasy books, I feel like, and try to put the morals and standards of today's society on those mm. books and those worlds, mm-hmm. um, especially because a lot of them are supposed to be more, um, I don't know if primal is quite the right word, but they're supposed to be more... Um, aggressive and they're supposed to be more cutthroat and they're supposed to be more gray area versus right. and possibly like, like survival oriented kind of too right exactly um and it's and it's and i don't really mean civilized but i can't even think of a different word to use instead of civilized so i'm going to say like they're like less civilized mm-hmm. than yeah, and I, say that yeah with air, I don't know that quotes. that's a great... Like, I know what you're trying to say, and I can't think of a better word, but I also right. don't think <laughs> that that's a great... It's, civilized yeah. is not the right word, uh-huh. but it gets... At least it gets across the um, the idea that right. I'm... You know, like, it's... Um, but it's it's sometimes nice to be able to... And it's not even that you're, like, setting aside your own morals, but, like, to just not have to think about it, like the real world because that's the other thing right is like there aren't any real world implications to it right so like in this book they can burn ships and they can <laughs> murder willy-nilly and it's like well it's they're not really killing people because it's just words on paper mm-hmm. you know like um So I don't know if that makes me a bad person or not, because, like, there's often times where I'm like, yes! <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, kill that person! Take them down! <laughs> uh, but, of course, in real life, if I was actually watching it actually happen in front of me, I wouldn't be like, right. chop off their head. I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Stop! Yeah, like, <laughs> like oh, it's almost as if, like, we adopt the moral codes of the characters and the societies. Yeah. When you read the book, and then when you step back from it, then you're back. Right. Like, to... Well, at least hopefully you're back <laughs> once you step away from the book. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't think yeah. I thought about it in in terms of me applying the morals of our society and not having that fit on the, the morals of yeah. the book's worlds. Yeah, I do it all the time, and then I'm like, "Oh my god, this what is happening?" And then I'm like, "Well, okay, maybe for this world, unfortunately, or for you mm-hmm. know, like fortunately, because it can go both ways, of course." But like, that's what they're doing with it, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. So. <laughs> Reading, check your morals at the door. <laughs> Pick them back up when you leave. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I am I loved that how this ended. I think it wrapped it up really nicely, like you said, in a nice little bow. Everyone important was happy and not dead. And <laughs> Fable and her dad found their way back to each other. And mm-hmm. He told her he loved her. No, I know. When he acknowledged that she was his daughter, I... He broke his rule. Oh, my God. I was so shocked in, like... I, like, sobbed. Such a pleasant way. Yeah. It was... I yeah, was, it was great. I was so happy. Um, and then that whole part where he was, like... And, again, I'm still mad at him for leaving her there. Like... Just because he had a reason for it doesn't mean it was a good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, like, even when he was, like, I left you there because I loved you more than anything. Like, more than your mom. More than money. More than... And I was, like, I'm still mad at you for doing that, but that's really beautiful. Right? Right? Like, (laughs) how dare you tell her that you love her even more when you never showed her, like, in the way that you showed is old. Yeah. It's not an excuse. Yeah, and she thought that you didn't love her and all this stuff. I know. Um, but yeah, at the same time, then I was like, oh my God, but. <laughs> I was like, it was, for me, it was a little bit more like you're making the acknowledgement and like, even though he didn't flat out say it, I did sort of see it as him being like, yes, I did this for you. And probably that was a mistake, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I also sort of saw him claiming her as his daughter meant and, um, all of that was just sort of him in his own way acknowledging that he had messed up mm-hmm. and that he should have treated her a little bit differently. Um, and again, it doesn't excuse it, but it does seem like a good first step towards maybe them forging a, a new, stronger relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also just sad that it's over. <laughs> I know. Because like now, now I want, I just want like, stories about their adventures like I just want like because I'm never going to really sail the high seas as a pirate so (laughs) I want more (laughs) time being able able to do that since (laughs) that won't be a a life experience for you ever oh my gosh but it's it does appear that it's they she wrapped it up very nicely Mm -hmm. yeah I did like that um Because it's very frustrating when you end a book not liking the ending or not liking parts of the ending. Yeah, or not fully knowing if it is done Mm -hmm. and or not feeling. I mean, I like I love I love the possibility of more always, but like, yeah, I do like just being like, okay, so now Saint and Fable and West, but Saint and Fable are going to be the father-daughter power team in the trading Mm -hmm. world and he'll trade all the maybe unseemly stuff and she'll trade the stuff made in the Narrows and I was like, I love it. (laughs) They can still see Willa Mm -hmm. apparently whenever they want to because she's only a day away from that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and that is that. <laughs> Indeed. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I think we covered it. Me too. Me too. Um, so that has been Namesake by Adrian Young. Um, we will be doing our series wrap in the next week. And as always, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at UPM Pod Official. We're on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And as always, you can email us at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast at gmail.com. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.